0: Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again. Another day, another week, another episode of the Core Report. Black Broadway presents the Core Report, man. Yo, it's love out here, man. You know what it is, man. We do the news, man. Every week, you catch us here on IG Live, 8 p.m. We getting into all the underreported, all the real, all the serious news out here, man. Like I said up before, I'm coming with a heavy heart this week. This episode is wholly dedicated to my man, Quint Coleman, DJ Spicoli, man. We miss you, bro. For real, man. Shout out to all the whole crew, the DC to BC crew, my brother, Modi. Man, my man, Marcel, man. My hearts is with y'all and this whole family, man. My hearts and prayers with all of y'all, man. We're going to have a lot more on that later because, yo... This man touched the the city and touched the culture in a way that's very important. And it deserves to be discussed on this program, man. We getting busy tonight, y'all. So, yeah, you know what it is. We got to do the news, man. You know the gang time. You know what it is, man. Hey, listen. 45 in the U.S. Postal Service, all type of shenanigans there, all type of extra shenanigans with the elections, but some information that you really need to be aware of regarding how you can vote in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Of course, the protests rage on internationally and nationally. You know I love my Belarus story. I'm always following Belarus. I'm with them peoples all the way. We're going to talk about that. Gonna talk about this Democratic National Convention that's cracking off tonight. Who's talking? What's going on? And of course, you know, we got a couple of sports stories because the games people play, they determine to play these games. So uh let's get right into it, gang. Oh man. We gotta go ahead and start with the post office. The United States Postal Service is going through it. I'm sure if you guys been on social media this weekend, you had to have seen them actively removing letter boxes from neighborhoods from Oregon to North Carolina to Washington, D.C., everywhere you go, letterboxes are being removed, locks are being placed on uh, letterboxes, and the post office is still moving slow as ever. There's an active. There was an active plan to remove ninety percent of the mail sorters, and from what I understand, these are million dollar machines, fam. These are crazy. Like yo, Chuck said, I'm going to the polls in a full hazmat suit, and that's how a lot of us feel. A lot of Black folks look. We not going. If if anything, our vote is getting counted. Because if Black folks go out to vote, we expect our votes to matter. So yo, these mail sorters though are getting removed in mass from these places, and the pressure just became so crazy over the weekend, right down in Adams Morgan, 18th Street, the Postmaster General's home was being protested in front of, being bombarded with signs and noise, and I didn't know this dude live in a condo right down on 18th Street, right down in Adams Morgan. Oh, he's real hip and cool, you know what I'm saying? But meanwhile, he's trying to ruin democracy as we know it, so he can big up his stock in UPS and Amazon. Due to knowledge, man, Louis DeJoy, man, they brought it to his front door in Washington, D.C. and in Greensboro, North Carolina, both of his residences. So now the response to this outcry has been something that we've all been asking for for weeks. Congress is back. Congress has decided to reconvene so that they can officially say that, yeah, we're here now and we're going to solve this voting crisis. We asked y'all to solve the COVID crisis, fam. The voting crisis is the least of our worries. I won't say the least, but on people's minds right now, presently, is what's going on with the stimulus, and they are not coming to address that at all. They haven't they haven't reconvened to talk about that. That's not on the agenda. They have 25 billion scheduled to help out the United States Postal Service to ensure that we have a free and fair election. That's cap because we all know that at the end of the day, Elected officials are most interested in retaining their seat, retaining their power. So if there's any legislation that's going to be passed or anything that's going to be harmful to that agenda, they're going to activate themselves to do that. However, this is not about protecting democracy or protecting America as we know it. However, we got options. In D.C., Maryland and Virginia, outside of the Postal Service, one of the options to vote is to go Drop your ballot at a registered drop box. In all of the jurisdictions, they have drop boxes. They have several locations. In P.G. and Montgomery County, the locations haven't been announced yet. In D.C., there are going to be up to 50 locations. You can look on dcs.com and get the map that literally tells you where all the locations are. Of course, 45 got wind of this program and was saying, some in some way, shape, or form. Who's going to, you know, monitor the boxes? This is going to be a mess. People are going to, you know, vandalize, et cetera, et cetera. All of this is just, again, an agenda to stop you from voting. They're trying to make it as accessible as possible for people. And the person who holds the highest elected office in, in the land is actively trying to stop y'all from doing that. You really have to stop and think why this is happening and who the people that are enabling this are and what their interests are. Anyway, like I said, in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, all of those three um, jurisdictions, at least the ones in our immediate DMV area, have drop box programs. All of these counties from Prince George's to Howard to Anne Arundel, all of them have drop box programs. So don't feel like you're only relegated to dealing with the Postal Service. That's not necessarily the case. You know what I'm saying? So just be a, just be aware of that. Meanwhile, in between, while well, in our city, of course, we're dealing with a new peak in a uh, community spread. Yo, in August 3rd, D.C. posted its highest numbers of community spread. And what that means is people contracting COVID-19 through large events or through real close contact with infected individuals in the community, not within their home or whatever. And uh, man, it's crazy, yo. This, they're saying one of the major culprits of this is restaurant week. The restaurant week, has, I believe it just began or it's about to begin. Indoor dining is going up now. People, if you ride around the city, you people, you see people all over the place. If they're not eating in the middle of the street, right next to the damn 90 bus or the X2 or whatever, not my cup of tea, but y'all can knock yourselves out on that. However, if you're doing that, then you're on the safer side. A lot of people are dining indoors and that's led to a spike in community spread. D.C. is dealing with that right now. That's the latest thing on our agenda right now. You know what I'm saying? But again, COVID is, is definitely at the top of all of our minds. But we're in such a volatile political moment right now. It, it almost gets pushed to the back daily, daily by, you know, political wranglings. And, yo, what'd you say? <laughs> yo, nah, it was the party by you know who. Hey, listen, absolutely. It was a few parties that were that definitely was out of hand in the Washington, D.C. area. You know, tragically, that party in Southeast got out of hand. But in, in the sense of someone getting shot, someone losing their life, and several people getting, you know, injured. But the community spread of COVID-19, that's a big thing. Let's stay on COVID for a hot second. And let's talk about a big story that the major media has been covering today, and I've been thinking about how I was going to present this. They're saying that it's very problematic right now in this phase of clinical trials for the COVID vaccines that a lot of African-Americans and Latinx people are not signing up as volunteers to participate in these clinical trials. They're saying that that's problematic in the sense that that's slowing down the progress that they're going to be able to make in the vaccine and in developing a vaccine that's gonna be effective for large segments of the population, especially considering that the majority of people who lose their life to COVID-19 are Latinx or African American. So they're complaining, or not complaining, there's a public outreach, should I say, for Black and Latinx volunteers. Black people have a very legitimate reason to not rock with experimental vaccines and to rock with clinical trials. The Tuskegee Institute, the Tuskegee Experiment, excuse me, is just one of the glaring examples of African-Americans just being abused by the medical establishment all through history. It is no way in the world that we will voluntarily participate in something like that in a quote-unquote moment of crisis, especially. Like, this isn't, like, casual, like, hey, come on down, you know what I mean? They know that they're going to be taking advantage of the poorer people because, of course, there's compensation involved and all of that. But I was talking to my friend who is a physician today, Dr. Ikena Myers, MD, officially an internist, you know what I'm saying, real qualified guy. And what he was saying was basically what clinical trials are about is – People being able to, the scientists being able to spot the drug for two things. It's efficacy. And when you talk about efficacy, all that means is that it produces the antibodies that would fight off this infection in your body. When they inject this vaccine, this serum in you, it produces antibodies that fight the infection. And for its safety. If it's going to hurt you, if it's going to kill you, if when we it you're going to get a big blister on your arm or you're going to be vomiting, et cetera, et cetera. Anything beyond that, time will tell. So in real life, Developing a vaccine is not nearly as important as stressing to people that they need to take care of their general health so you won't die from a pulmonary infection. Yo, what did you say, fam? The AIDS vaccine experiment in Africa that was giving Africans AIDS. Listen, vaccines are meant to give you a dose of whatever the pathogen is that, puts you in this disease state, in this ill state. So when they give you a vaccine, it has a bit of the pathogen that makes you sick in it. It's meant to see if your body can develop antibodies rapidly to fight it off. Like if we can give you something that'll make you develop these antibodies real quick to fight it off, then that makes it better for everyone. That means everyone can have the antibodies and then the vaccine, I mean, pardon me, the disease is not a thing. It's not something that harms society anymore. Much in the way that all the fatal um, diseases have been dealt with from measles, mumps, typhoid, diphtheria, you know, polio, all of these things. This is what vaccines do. So at the end of the day, the clinical trial phase is just to see if it won't hurt you and if it produces the antibodies. It does not cure the disease. The cure for the disease is taking care of your health. It is very, very similar to what happened in AIDS. People did not die of AIDS. People died from getting sick when they had a weakened immune system due to AIDS. COVID-19 is almost the exact same thing. It's almost the exact same thing except for it is a pulmonary infection. So these clinical trials, they want black people to go I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm certainly not going to tell y'all to go out here and roll your sleeve up for the government. However, the goal of this vaccine is a little bit different than I think the general goal of people concerned about COVID-19 should be. Your general goal should be to take care of your health so that you are not susceptible to die from a pulmonary infection that people get and anybody can get. And that's what's dangerous. So that's my COVID rant for the day. That's what it's about, okay? And there's countries that are dealing with this. Hey, Ken, I just gave him that COVID speech, fam. Yo, come on and vouch on that, man. I definitely want to hear from the doctor on that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Fam, moving forward with these elections, though. We've talked about elections several times during this whole thing and the importance of it and how COVID is is fucking it up in the United States of America, and it's making it a very difficult thing to do. In New Zealand, not their presidential election, that's important to note, their parliamentary elections have been postponed by a month after an outbreak of 70 cases. They had 70 cases, and they shut the shit down. Like, look, guys, we got to, we'll do the election later. And people trust and believe in their government enough that there wasn't Panic in the streets and people throwing shit out of the you know, window and saying, no, this is the end of democracy in New Zealand. People understand that the government needs to do what they have to do to protect them. So they're going to go with the program. Whole nother story in Belarus. In Belarus, 200,000 people hit the streets this weekend. You know, I love Belarus because the arch villain is in charge there and I want to see him defeated. You got to get Lutashenko out of the paint, man. So I'm with the Belarusians all the way. 200,000 people protested in the streets of Minsk, Belarus. That's the capital. And listen, they freed hundreds of prisoners. They had 6,000 people detained at last count over there, over the weekend. They freed hundreds of people. When the people came out, they were telling the tale. Like, listen, they're in there torturing people. This is not a joke. Listen, authoritarianism is real in the world. And there's a lot of momentum moving in that direction, but there is a big, big resistance system. You got to understand, they've been building this ball, this snowball of authoritarianism for years. How you think all the police got all these riot gears and shields and helmets and bats? If you look back, just as far as the 80s, I was watching the Yusef Hawkins documentary when people was fighting the police in Brooklyn in the 80s, them niggas had on t-shirts. The police had on Homer Simpson button-down shirts, and they were swinging little wooden bats. In less than thirty years, them people got AR-15s and full football uniforms. That is a concerted plot. That didn't happen by accident. That didn't happen as a res- as a response to any excessive violence applied to them from the general public. That happened as a defense mechanism to be sure that they can never be tried again in that manner when the when the shit proverbially hits the fan, which is the moment we kind of find ourselves in right now internationally. Like I said, pay attention to all of these countries where all of these things are going down, man. Listen, I told y'all I had a lot of stories about Africa. We got to talk about Africa, man. There's an organization called AFRICOM. There's an Operations unit called AFRICOM. AFRICOM has not slowed down a bit. There are 20, the US military has installations in 22 countries on the African continent right now. Look, this is real information I'm giving y'all. You could take it or leave it, but this is facts. The US military has installations in 22 countries on the African continent right now. You know what I'm saying? What is that about? That's not about stabilizing anything that's about spreading this globalist this world regime this this world police mentality that we got across the continent it's it's already over all all over europe all over asia you know especially the islands philippines east asia you know anything that china hasn't locked off anything that russia hasn't locked off these are real things you know hey yo at Thank you, Ash, vouching for me. I'm telling you, AFRICOM is a real thing. Like, you know, and people aren't paying attention to this. Prot- protests don't just take one shape. You don't just have to have protest in one form. You want protest in many different ways, as many ways as possible, yo, because the world police is a real thing. It's not just about, like, America or police brutality or anything like that. This is world police, man, and you got to pay attention to this shit, man. Real talk. What's my other story? here? I'll be back into the protest bag. Like I said, tore up the uh, Postmaster General's whole neighborhood, but that came with some consequences. The Occupy DC movement, the young protesters, you know what I'm saying? Of course, I talk about my boy Mahati. I got to shout out Dark Spirits YouTube in the same breath because he brought it to my attention that I have to pull that in there. So I'm going in there, on that. But I got to say... That these protest moments that happen down on 18th Street, they lead to people getting hurt, people getting locked up, people getting unfairly detained, people getting their belongings taken, all of that. World police, police state, yo, in in Africa again, in Cote d'Ivoire, six people was killed, 100 people wounded, politics, presidential elections, same, same, same. But here's what happens in America that makes things silly or turns things into a little bit of a, a clusterfuck. The, um, the, the racist element and the lack of conviction that either side really possesses when it comes down to wanting real smoke, it turns things ugly and sloppy and it makes things look ridiculous. In Georgia and Stone Mountain, the racist, the Klan, whoever you want to call it, whatever group, They're having some type of monument uh, worshiping ceremony at the Confederate Monument in Stone Mountain, Georgia, or whatever. That turns into some type of all-out brawl when they want to fight with the counter-protesters, spraying pepper spray, et cetera, et cetera. The same thing happened in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yo, shout out to my people from Kalamazoo, too. I I got a couple of good homies from out there in Kalamazoo, Midwest, Detroit, Michigan, Murder Met, stand up. Love y'all. But they out there fighting the Proud Boys. All of this is shenanigans. All of this is silliness, and it's not. It, none of it is leading to any meaningful discourse on what we want. Those guys are just a outward representation of what the Republican Party, specifically, but white supremacists broadly have done to the country, which is they have taken these white identity politics that people identify with so much and that they believe so much in their core and they've allowed these politics and their belief in these politics and people who espouse these politics to take them all the way to the poorhouse, to take them all the way into Policies that do not benefit them economically, don't benefit them socially. They actually make their lives worse. However, they hold on to these people because their rhetoric sounds like what they want to hear. And they definitely look like the people they want to hear it from. So when you take these clashes into account, you got to look at it. It's not like the blind fighting the blind. I definitely believe in a lot of protesters and a lot of the people's causes that are out there you know, actively protesting. You know I'm about that. You know I'm with that. But I don't believe that fighting the Proud Boys is the way to go because if I wanted to knock a Proud Boy out, it don't got to be a protest. It could be a Wednesday. I don't give a fuck. Like, if I see you acting crazy, you're going to go. And shout out to that video that's going viral of that dude knocking that racist out in uh, London on the tube. I like them dudes in Britain because they like to throw hands, yo. They don't even fuck around out in the U.K., no gunplay, none of that. we want going to put, put your shit up. So I love that. You know what I'm saying? That was a great moment in uh, racist getting duffed history, man. You know what I'm saying? So all of these things that I'm saying are just to put it in your mind that there's many different ways to resist. There's many different protest methods. And, you know, hey, me doing the news is my protest method. You know what I mean? Yo, uh, we got to talk about also... Portland. Portland is still in fuego. Don't ever forget. Never forget that all of these cities are still in fuego. That the the protest shit has not stopped. It's not eased up a bit. Chicago is still going up. Everything is going down. Yo, Ronnie, I definitely got to have you come on and speak on Chicago because I love when people from Chicago say, if you're not from Chicago, don't speak on Chicago. If you don't live here, don't say shit about here. I love it when they say that because I believe that wholeheartedly. I mean, yo, if you're not in these streets, stop talking crazy. I know we saw if if you guys are on Twitter, people on Twitter talking some shit about like the crack epidemic wasn't that bad. I was like, yeah, <laughs> we can tell who was outside and who wasn't, bro, because that the crack epidemic is the absolutely the no sites part of the world, like that. It's, it's impossible to overstate how crazy that shit was it really is any story you hear like for real them, them should be true like nine times out of ten those stories are true so you know don't try to put people in a, in a box based on your perception of their experiences because you really really don't know you know what i'm saying so just fall back and learn something every now and again just listen you know what i'm saying so hey i know what i'm gonna have to listen to tonight to some extent Uh, We got to listen to the uh, Democratic National Convention. That's happening tonight. You know what I'm saying? They're actually going to do this shit. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I guess. Whatever. What do you say? Any black plight they have to minimize. Yo, you know the drill. Big facts, man. They try to minimize. They've minimized all of our our struggles. They use this shit for political fodder. Like I said, they're about to have their convention tonight. They're about to go ahead and, uh, you know, line up the troops virtually, socially distanced and, of course, and they're going to go ahead and get it popping all the way. We're going to talk about uh, the Democratic policies and the Democratic platform and our vision for the future and all this, that, and the third. Uh, Michelle Obama's going to speak tonight. Former Republican presidential candidate and Republican governor of Ohio, John Kasich, is going to speak tonight. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's supposed to be the, like, the, the appeal to middle-aged white men who really are kind of sick of Trump shit but they don't really want to say it. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? There's lots of, lots of dog whistles. Yeah, I think we're going to... Listen, right, I watch this shit so y'all don't have to. <laughs> I watched the, watch the Democratic National Convention so y'all don't have to, so I can bring it to you straight, no cap. When it's time to watch the news, man. This is ridiculous, bro. I mean, they let my man Yang out. That's what I'm not. I'm not down with that. They didn't let my man one Bang Yang talk. And I just think that that's whack. You know what I'm saying? So they got to get it together on that, for real. Another thing they really, really need to get it together on is schools, fam. School is, look, shout out to all my peoples, my friends. I got, I'm got. i old enough to have friends that are sending their children to college now, which is bugging me out. Like my son is still a young teenager and I'm I'm thankful. But yo, I'm old enough to have friends that are sending their kids to college and I'm seeing kids posting up in their dorm rooms and I'm happy for all of them. I'm, I'm glad that they getting to have that experience. Hey yo, y'all gonna stop with that appreciate. I'm just gonna go ahead and, I'm gonna bite the bullet for the culture. <laughs> But, yo, it's bad kids in school and so on and so forth. And I'm glad that they're getting to have that experience. I think that that's great. But the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, the Tar Heels, just closed school because they had 135 new coronavirus cases in the first week of class. Look, college is the opposite of socially distant, all right? Shout out to Southern University. I don't even know how I would have been at Southern University if it was some social distance shit. Like that is impossible. I don't it's just chew parties and all of that type of shenanigans don't come with social distance guidelines. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be a lot of skin slapping, a lot of ass biting, a lot of lot of jumping off in the first week. Yo, freshman week is going up. So I don't man. I had a friend, she was tweeting about how mono breakouts on college campuses are so real. Like, you can't control mononucleitis in college. You damn sure can't control COVID-19. I think it's all ridiculous. I think before it's all sitting down, we're going to end up having to shut this whole thing down once again. Don't ever get that twisted, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, people still want to play these games, though, man. They still want to play. Uh, Arizona teachers actually had to stop school out there in Arizona. They actually had to physically strike, physically call in, stage a sick out in order for Arizona's government and school board to say that we're going to go to a remote learning model. Just to let you know how there's a lot of resistance here. I was driving down the street today. I saw a private school that was giving out uniforms. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the kids are coming back to school. They were damn sure handing out uniforms. So lots of things happening. Meanwhile, the SEC. Let's play ball. Fuck all that. We playing football. What's up with y'all? SEC. That's Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, USC. All of them boys. They playing football. They let out the week. Re- they put out the week one schedule today. They got it always scheduled up to the Iron Bowl. They are not hearing any of this nonsense that. Anybody is talking about, about COVID-19. They don't care if these kids get sick. And these kids who even, if you even have a, a tinge of doubt about this, what's going to happen? If you're not one of the top 20 kids on the team, your scholarship is definitely going to be dangled. And if you don't want to play, then, yo, we're going to take the scholarship. You can go ahead and sit this semester out, go ahead and pay for school, whatever you want to do, we'll holler at you. That's the kind of bind that they had these kids in. That's what the NCAA is doing to these youths. And I just think it's unfair. Pro football players have had an opportunity to opt out. But again, you have to think about that and the politics of that situation or the economics, should I say, of that situation. Pro football players, except for a very chosen few, aren't making crazy, crazy money. I know because my cousin, my brother, was one for six years, like. New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers, all of that. Maul made money, but Maul used his money to go to Harvard. You know what I'm saying? Like, and still had to take student loans. It's crazy, yo. That money is not real. The risk is, though. So, I'm praying for those kids in the SEC. I know they want to ball, so go ahead and ball. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's that's how it's going to go. The KC Chiefs, however, this is a little flip on his head. The KC Chiefs are saying that they're going to have fans. They're going to have up to 22% capacity in their stadium in their first game of the season this year because, fuck it. (coughs) Like, yo, we're going to have fans, guys. That's what we want to do. Cowboys said that they're going to have fans at all of their games. Redskins said, or pardon me, Washington football team said that they're not going to have any fans. Okay, whatever. I mean, like I said, wasn't too much of that going on to begin with. And also in Washington football team news news, The Washington football team hired their first black president of operations, which I guess is a big deal because there's never been a black president of operations of any NFL club. I don't understand why it's 2020 and we're still having all of these monumental historic firsts. but you know, people like to celebrate them. So there's that, you know what I mean? But like I said, man, These are the games people play. This is the things people want to concern themselves with at the forefront of their lives when we got a whole fucking pandemic going on. But, yo, I'm here at the end of this. You know, I'm glad I got into my headlines. I'm good on my time. This is great. This feels good. Right now, I just got to talk about, you know, my man, my friend, a real important dude in the whole entire puzzle of, what DC has come to be and what DC became, you know, in the last decade or two, man. My for Coley, Quinn, DC to BC, him and Modi, yo, they did something that I got to say this because it need to be said. I got to talk about this because it need to be talked about. And it's definitely from a different perspective than most people would experience it. I'm a little older than those guys. You know what I'm saying? I just found that, found that out, you know, recently. I didn't know how much older than those guys I was. But what I knew about that whole entire moment and that whole entire scene was that these were some young dudes that are doing something that is genuinely cool and is not based on affluence or material holdings. It wasn't about that. I love that. Yo, I'm from DC. I'm from the real DC. Like where you got to go to the go-go, you had to be fresh. I'm from where you pull up at certain places in certain cars, you got to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm from where, you know, to go out to spend money at bars and so on and so forth. That was what we did in dance halls and stuff like that. This party was different. These cats was playing Neptunes and cool shit that you normally just vibe out to with a couple of your good friends and smoke to, but it's in the club now. And now it's like you're surrounded by people who have the same kind of interests, who got the same kind of mind frame. And to see that and to see that taken to its highest elevation, I mean, to do a whole festival based on that whole concept. I know if y'all watch my, I know a lot of y'all watch my shirts, but Watch my hats too. This hat right here is super special to me. That's why I keep it even though it's like, oh, it's been through a lot. 2014, Trelectro. 2014, man. That's how far back we go with this thing. And this is this is like the third Trelectro, fourth Trelectro when they got sponsorships or something. First one was years before that. We've been on this road. We've been seeing the way that the city was changing, the type of acts that people wanted to hear, the type of things people wanted to get. Yo, club going up on a Tuesday and reset. going up on Tuesdays. We started that shit. Like, we was really there. And, you know, man, just to to, to lose that brother, man, today, it, it hurt. It hit, it hit home in a very relevant way, in a very tangible way. You know what I mean? Because, yo, we all dealing with life, man. And, like, we, we just don't know when... We're not gonna be dealing with it. We so we so caught up in, in dealing with it and what's and what's upsetting us and what's you know driving us crazy and stuff like that, man. Yo, man, like I'm just more into appreciating it. Appreciate every moment, man, because you never know when those moments are gonna come to an end. And it's a lot of us that have moments with Quinn, with with Modi, with Mark, with Martel, man, with, man, I'm myself, excuse me, my, my, my thoughts and prayers is with all of them, man, for real, because I know how tight that crew was, and I know what they did and how they did it. You know what I'm saying? Times in the barbershop, we was just all sitting around kicking it, talking about it. It's crazy to see it blow, and to see them go West Coast with it, and all of that. And just to look back on the ride, you know what I'm saying? You don't you don't want to be like, yo, it's over, but at the same time, you do want to know that, like, yo, it was a good ride, man. We went hard, right. We had fun. You know what I'm saying? Really, really change some shit out here, yo. Really change some shit. This one, this shirt is for the DJs, cause all these DJs, yo, on some real shit, is kinda the sons. Some some youths of of Spicoli and, and, and JB and Stereo Faith. St- you know what I'm saying? Sons. These guys started it. These guys began this whole entire wave, these sets that we enjoy, this culture that we enjoy so much. And you know, y'all just want you to know you was loved, man. You loved, you missed, you know what I'm saying, everything that you bought to us. Like, we don't, we don't, you know, take it for granted. Now it was all, it was all important. And it was all appreciated during the time, too. It was appreciated during the time. Y'all never had more fun than that that Trelectro at fucking the Yards Park. Man, when ASAP Ferg came out, it did work, bro. It went insane. Like, that was, those are like, those are memorable times. And life is measured by what you contribute, man. What you contribute, what you leave behind. You know what I'm saying? What your legacy is out here. So, you know, one love, one time for my brother, Quinn Coleman. You know what I'm saying? Spicoli. All of that, man. It's electro forever, recess forever. All of that, man. It was just, it was just great times, bro, for real. You know what I mean? It was great times, man. It was great times. Like I said, this was a hard episode because it's been on my mind all day. It's been on my mind all day. So man, I call my homies, hit them up, tell them I love them. Y'all do the same. Hit your people up. Tell them you love them. Tell them you, you care about them. You always, you know what I'm saying, are going to care about them. You appreciate them now, just like you won't appreciate them if and when they not here and you still are. We all about that. We all family, we all connected. So when something like this happens, it hurts us all, man. So, you know, I just want everybody to uh cherish the days, cherish your moments, man. I'm out of here, baby. Black Broadway podcast, you know, Monday core report, man. We'll get back into some more core reporting later on in this week. It's not gonna stop. I'm gonna bite this bullet and watch this Democratic National Convention, you know. Remember. Things always work out the best for those that make the best of the way that things work out. And we out of here, y'all. Peace.